month within a month. Hello and welcome to this special episode of ACLSports.com's Your Sports Memo Podcast. My name is Calvin Emeka Wonka and it's my privilege to have you listen to us. This episode is dedicated to the many who believe they have the ability to have made it professionally in a chosen sport. I have in the pod with me uh, so last week. very special, special people from across the world. In the UK currently, uh, Wisdom Obi Dixing, Doc IJ, the Queen Red River, and I think Bimbo, Bimbo Adikoy is not here yet. Uh, Bimbo will join us. And in Austria is Mohammed Abdul Baki. Uh, who else do I have? In Lagos, Bola Adibomire and Okechuku Agoru. I'm expecting um, Dr. Opubo at that temple, who is in um, Ife, to join us at some point. While K. Zuberu joins us from Abuja. Ladies and gentlemen, well, I'm looking at the two Sports Memo podcast. I thank you all for being available to share your stories with us. I do not take it lightly. Welcome again. Thank you. Right. Um, where, where, where do I start? Let me let me say that um, one of the reasons why I thought about this was uh, growing up. When I used to play football, I had um, I had this guy that played with us, um, Kingsley Waje was his name. Unfortunately, he's, he's late now. Kingsley was probably the best footballer I ever played with. You are playing. He could do anything, everything with his left foot. I was so certain. I used to say to myself that there's no way this guy won't play for Nigeria. But you know that thing that they say that only 1% of all of those who were interested in playing football, only 1% probably end up going professional. I remember when I was speaking to, in this pod, I had um, Efane Koku, former Super Eagles AFCON 94 winner in the pod. And he also said the same thing, that there are so many talented players, um, so many talented footballers who never, never get to make it to even the third level, not talk of the highest level. So that's why when one... I am more desperate. Um, I was saying something and then Dixon joined and we all talked about it. And I realized that there are so many people with this story. So, so many people. So um, I'm going to start with, because I'm a gentleman and there's only one lady with us here. I'm going to start with Doc IJ. Doc, what happened? How come you are wearing white robes now instead of being in your chosen sport? Doc wait, Doc wait. I don't know Thanks. where I don't know where you are. Your reception is really bad. It's it's going it's coming in and coming out. In and out, in and out. Can you try again? Okay. I can hear you. I'm just wondering whether it will it will hold. Carry on then. Carry on please. No. Nah, it's not. It's not any better. When maybe if you can change location, let me. When you change location, let just let me know. Wave your hand, and I will come back to you. Wisdom. 
Um, I come to you. You you had the the privilege of working with him. Um, is it Paul Hamilton? You said in the tweet. Tell us how 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 did it go for you that you are uh, you are not you're now writing stories instead of being instead of having of playing in the Premier League or La Liga or even Serie A. Big scene. I think you're on mute. Big scene. Um, Doc, you're still you're still breaking up um, slightly. You're still breaking up. Okay, I'll go to Austria. I'll go to Austria and have Mohamed. Mohamed, come in and let us hear your your story. Um, good afternoon, everyone. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you clearly. We can. Um, yeah, um, basically, um, my story is um, growing up in Lagos. Um, I grew up in Lagos, um, and I've, I came from a family that loved sports so much. So the, um, my father and mother were like sports lovers. Um, they love football so I, I kind of grew up in that environment I enjoyed sports so much and, and football was my first love um, I remember the reason why I started supporting Arsenal was because of Hany Wanko at the time and so this many was where the passion <laughs> <laughs> this is where the passion came from so um, so I played in the street in Lagos I grew up in uh, my two and first start town are you so serious? I play on the street. Yes, yes. <laughs> so uh, I played in the street with my friends. Although my my dad was very very cautious, like he didn't let me stay too long outside, and he was like, "You have to study." And there was that side of it as well. So as I got into my teens, um, my dad was like, "You have to focus on education." Mm. You know, there's no possibility of this happening. You're not going to be a professional footballer. And some of my relatives that saw me play when I was maybe between the age of 10 and 14 were like, oh, your boy is really good. Maybe you should enroll him in an academy. But you know, in the early 2000s, most parents would not want to do that, you know? Yeah. So they, they immediately said no. I remember my mom having this conversation with me that I should stop because I was playing football so much in school, in the class matches and stuff like that. And my mom was like, just focus on your education. And, and I think the start of my senior secondary school, I, it started affecting my education a lot. So they stopped me from playing football for about a year. Right. So I, I still had the passion to still play, this, play football no matter what. So I would sneak out to go play football uh, with my friends sometimes. And then finally, when I got out of um, secondary school, um, I got into it, I got my admission. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try and play football now. I'm going to try and focus on it and also study at the same time. Because I'm living far away from my parents now. There's no one to check up on what I do, everything, you know? And so I tried to do that. And moving to the north, which was a new environment for me because I, I grew up all my life in Lagos. So I remember going for trials uh, with some of the local teams there and also then some guys from the department said, oh, you can come and train with the 
with the departmental team. And I was just in 100 level at the time, yeah. 17 years old. So and they were like, oh, you're really good. So I started training with them, playing competitions, departmental, sometimes faculty games as well. And unfortunately, I got, uh, I had to leave AB because there was a lot of strikes and we couldn't, education was like stop and go. Like as soon as I would start halfway through it, there'll be like a, a strike from what's the institution mm. of mm. Nigeria. I can't remember what it's now. So I had the opportunity to go to the UAE, so to study in Dubai. So I started my course again from start again. So, but that was when I got a bigger platform to play because it was a bit more serious. We got, we had a little bit of a scholarship, like from our, from our teacher. So, uh, so uh, it was a big opportunity for me. So I was taking it a bit more serious now. So when you, was when, a, when you got to UAM, UAE in Dubai, you, you yes. continued playing? Yes, yes, yes. I continued playing. So now I play for the university now. And I saw how organized it is. You know, from, I was like, okay, this is, this is where I want to be. I hope I can possibly really progress. Maybe playing the local league here. Really? Oh, the reality of the reality of it is that it was virtually impossible because at the time I was 19, and usually they used to take kids from starting from 14. Yeah. And then when you're 19, you're a bit too old. And then I'm Nigerian as well. Yeah. I came with a student visa, and it was just like there were so many things at the time. So it was just very very difficult. But I still try to go on trial. I saw a lot of Nigerians, they were, a lot of Nigerians in the trying to play football there. Because <laughs> either through the legal way or through the legal way, some of them wanted to stay there, you know? Mm. So for, it didn't work out. But I continued playing for the rest of my four-year duration at the university I played out. And I was vice-captain in my final year. And yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. But I knew the dream was kind of over at the time because by the time I was done with my education, I was yeah. like 23 already, and I'm like, yeah, that's it. Ah, I don't know, this is not going anywhere. I just have to focus on this. But at the moment, uh, I'm, I'm doing my master's here in Austria, but I still play for like a amateur team here. But sometimes we, we have an academy here um, for, with the amateur team, and I see kids between 12 and 16 train with us once in a while mm. and for me I think the standard is very very low because I feel like as a 12 year old kid to train myself in this I would I was far better than all the kids here you know yeah. so I feel like if I had grown up in, in Austria probably I'll be a professional player say either in Austria or in Germany I don't know but I, I'm just trying to measure my level at the time compared to the kids I'm Okay. So that's it. Yeah. But I I would um what's the word? Let me let me ask is um I can hear you now. Right. Um Dr. Dr. IJ, can you come back now and let's see if we can if we can get yeah. you. Yes. Yeah, I hope better. Oh okay. Let's go on then. let's hear you let's hear your story. Um, can you hear me better now? Yes, yes, we can. Um, I, I guess all of you okay. can hear her better. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, my 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 foray into sports. First, I was in uh, mainly athletics in um, 
obviously primary school growing up and then secondary school came and we had opportunities to play games i was a bit of in school i even won this award we we had this awards and they, they titled the award reebok and that was like a bit of everything master or jack of that kind of thing so i used to play football i used to play volleyball handball basketball for of all basketball was my favorite really? and when we were about graduate from secondary school when probably SS2 and then going into SS3 the head of our PHE our PE um, department mm. actually called each of us and there were opportunities for scholarships to um, University of North Carolina in America at the time it was like strange I hadn't even thought about going anywhere to school or thinking about going somewhere on a scholarship for for basketball yes. it was but it it didn't pan out eventually so that was the first kind of thought about you know you could do this thing further than you know how far you've done it and then i remember at the time we had the opportunity to train with what's the name of the female team of they used to have um Dodan warriors or the yes. amazons or something yes in lagos something like a couple of us from my school team we had the opportunity to train with them at the time and we were looking at ourselves and like can this thing happen but obviously you you know when you have parents that have especially coming from where we come from their their norms and their values their things a lot of times at that time mm. parents used to kind of push what they wanted you to do more mm. and so for my parents it was like science class because even thinking looking back I know I was I was a bit better in the social sciences yes. it's not as if I was I was not bad the, the um, natural or biological sciences but if you check the grades if you compare the grades mm. my grades in social science were, were higher than my grades in the biological sciences but I ended up in the science class and the rest is history you need you have to pursue a degree in medicine or whatever it is mm. and then you have to kind of follow what your your parents are thinking for you. So we got to university and the kind of I went to Abia State University for my first degree and it was like male dominated obviously yeah, like the yeah, sport. Yeah. So so a handful of girls that that played we went to play with the boys because the girls wouldn't have our own time to play so we were forced to play with boys and boys in uni there would recognize you and at a time somebody actually called my my father's house to tell them that I was busy playing with boys in school because I was playing basketball with with guys and the the basketball court was kind of near the boys hostel and then we tried to get to um the the Nuga games but they kind of cut us they they dropped us because we were, we're like just we had to struggle to complete our team at the time so we couldn't complete our team so for a long time I didn't play basketball again like competitively yes. until I came to UK for my masters in 2014 that was I came I came for my masters in 2014 and then one of my classmates is from Jordan and she's a bowler as well. And she, I told her, oh, I, I somehow I don't know. We got talking, and she said she plays basketball, and she was on the school team. Like, huh, do I have time to, to combine my studies with basketball? I have to also work, pay my fees, all that kind of thing. Mm. And then I decided to just, you know, try and find a balance and and sign up with the school team as well. That was the picture I posted. Yes, that, um, I was going to ask uh, about that picture. 
and it was a wild experience because we had like lots of com- it was really competitive like we, we had a league we had cup competitions and so in our league like I'll just talk about a bit um, a bit the experience with that picture like I was screaming I was like screaming come on I think I had the ball I was fouled so I went to the line I two free throws so I split the free throws I made the first and we were down by two if I advanced my two free free throws would have tied the game and the clock was running down mm. so I, I made the first free throw and then I missed the second one it wasn't it wasn't a deliberate action but as I missed it we got the rebound and made the shot and the clock ran ran out so we won by one point so everybody was the whole place was high we were buzzing we were <laughs> Do you have that's a, because, like, to, do you have a video of the final competition? And so that's that's been my last experience of playing competitively. You know, um, events have overtaken that dream. To be honest with you, mm. at home here, anytime I watch like the Winter Olympics or something, I I try to think. I always have, I still have that dream that one day I'll find a sport that I can still do it. This is my unfit <laughs> in my state and kind of pick it up, even if it's all, all those long balls or something, or curling, find something to do that will land me in the Olympics. Because I always, I, I enjoy everything about sports. I live and breathe and dream sports. I've had, like, from secondary school, even um, older colleagues that have made it to, like, represented Nigeria. We had um, Iwarima, triple jump or something. I think one time, African record holder. So it's been, sports has been my life, and um, well, I'm where I am now. I'm I'm grateful for it. But that, yeah, that's my experience. Do you do you, do you look back and let, okay? Let me put it this way, Doug. If you had to flip the switch and you were to start again, do you would you have wished that 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 sports scholarship to North Carolina University had gone through so that you would have just followed your basketball dream? Brush what for you. See, guys, see question. <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, even if if I didn't have the basketball line, I was very good at long jump. Wow. And 100 meters. We had. I have a certificate from the um, IAAF International Women's Day of Athletics in Nigeria. Mm. I was still in second at the time, but they held a competition like different um, athletic events at Unilag Sports Center. I think, I don't know if I was in SS2 or SS3. And I won the long jump competition. So I have like an IAAF certificate somewhere with my name on it. And I remember our school coach at the time, um, he kind of was talking to my parents to offer like private coaching. Mm, mm, mm. You know, like he would be my coach and stuff like that. But I, like I said, my parents weren't having, having any of that. They weren't having it. Very typical. Okay, yeah. thanks, Doc. Um, Dixon, are you back with us? Dixon, we can't. Yes, yeah, sure. Yes, excellent. Right, shoot. Tell us your ex- um, experience with um, having to get to um, Port Hamilton and all of that. Okay. Um, both my parents are sports people. Oh, they are? My. Yeah, they met in secondary school. My parents met in secondary school. My my dad was sport prefect. My mom was sport prefect. Well, basically, 
I told them I wanted to be a footballer at the age of three or four. Because that was the only thing I knew how to do anyway. I didn't know anything about professional football. I just knew how to play football. It was a natural talent. Mm. I didn't know anything about club. I didn't have any club. I only knew something to listen. You get. So I grew up playing football. My dad taught me how to play football. He loved football. And then my dad of going to primary school was to go and play football anyway. I got into secondary school and I realized that from secondary school to university, I've not seen met someone that had a greater short power than I do. Till now. Right. Till now, I've not met someone that had a greater short power. So, after secondary school, my friends were expecting I would go and play professional football because everybody knew that what I wanted. But I don't know. My parents had a different... My mom would have said, what if football doesn't work out? Mm. and she already vowed that she will not have a style that is not a graduate because I've been begging them to take me to England I wanted to live after GS3 but economically I don't think my dad would ready he has friends I don't know if you know this guy he's on Twitter Omar Katuba with a UFA yes, yes. my dad used to dine with um, Omar and some Nigerian ex-Nigerian footballer at um this place on the be fucking fingers. So they were like, take your son to England or Europe or somewhere, you good. Mm. Put him in a school, from there he can go for trials. My dad, he kept thinking about it, but I didn't think he had the money at that point. My mom, my own, doesn't even know how to go about it, but she was afraid. You good. So, anyway, I used to go to the stadium to train. I live in Ikeja. My dad introduced me to Paul Hamilton. I don't know where he met him, but he told me he knew him. So I came to the stadium and he asked me to jog. I did 10 laps. And then I started training with him. He told me to come back the next day. And then he was coaching me. After a while, he told me he was going to, he was considering taking me to Egypt. He told me they pay well, they give accommodation, they do a manner of things. I was the youngest in his team. I was 17 then. Mm. and all the others were like 28, 29 but Pohamitun was telling me he wanted to put me in under 12 and I was like is this how it is done? <laughs> <laughs> I was 17 want to put me under 12 I was like <laughs> I'm used to playing with people that are older than me you want, to put me, you want me to play with my juniors anyway but that was, of course, that was to make me get international exposure because you go and play for junior teams and all that. But then, who returns? And my mom was like, still have the same yeah, 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 from my beginning. That I went to uni then. But, you know this guy, Clement Westerhoff? Yes. The former Nigeria coach. He did one trial in Lagos and um I went first day, I scored 11 goals. We were many that day. I think we were like over 500,000. Some people say 2 million, I don't know. But I knew I was like, yeah, I go score. I know one of the guys. I scored 11 goals. They asked me to come back the next day. They come back two days later for the two. I scored seven goals. They asked me to come back again for third day. My school resumed. My mom said, yeah, come and be going, come and be going. So it was always, school was always a problem. Mm. You go. So that's how I kept going back to school and then both both opportunities went like that. I went to Uniben 
I did my faculty team. I studied law in Uniben. We didn't really have much footballers in my class. So you had to strike at myself and one other guy. Now, I was the fastest in my class. I had to play 11. Why did that guy play nine? Because he wasn't fast. Right. So that's how it was. And then I played my team. When I got to final year, I had to join the faculty team. We played no guy game. Before my time, my faculty had never crossed round of 16 before. I don't even think we played knockout before. But I scored the goal that took us to quarter final for the first time. We got to semi final, beat engineering. Mm. When we got to final, I didn't start because I was trying to register for law school. The stupid faculty, head of faculty, dean of faculty, kept me waiting for two hours. Oh. Then when it was time, he told me we were going to. And I'm like, the boys are going to watch, I'm supposed to play. <laughs> My Jurassic. Yeah, I'm going to shoot, they're late. So they had to start. Somebody had to play my position, and this guy was missing sciences. That was my. I've never been so angry in my life because that my watch is great in any band, not starting that match. Mm. But that my entire already losing three zero, which I know would never have happened. So that was just basically how my whole. That's how everything just went. I couldn't. It was already late. Now I'm already old. Even if I want to play football, I can play with them neighbors, but there's really no, no ambition anymore. Do you... Actually, actually I, I, would, I would come back to you. Uh, I'll come back to you, Wizard. And the same question I will have for you, uh, I also have for Mohammed. Um, Bola, um, Bola, you you were the fine fine boy striker for Ife. Was it Ife? Was it UI? Whichever one of these um, back back backyard schools in in the southwest. Go on, let's hear you, Bola. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that when you bring me onto a program like this, you would show some respect by referring to the great effect as the great effect. Right. Is that what you call it? Yeah. Yes, not Maulak. Okay. We call it great. Thank you. They don't carry you have my you have my support there, even though I didn't go to it, but you have my support. Thank you very much, sir. Okay, so um, I met out um, in a week. My my journey started maybe well when I say my journey, my quest or desire to play football started maybe I think it would have been something like nineteen seventy nine, um, nineteen seventy nine or nineteen eighty. My dad, my Dad bought um, movie soccer, the game of the century. Mm. And he game. had, um, yeah, he had everything up until seventy-eight World Cup. I, yes, nineteen seventy-eight World Cup and Pele's um, early sojourn mm. in the in the American um, league. I think what was it called that? I can't NASL, not American Soccer League. Yes. I, Exactly, and exactly. So he had it, and of course, before that, I'd been playing football, and then I watched that. And I was like, "Oh, so people play this thing for a living," and I was like, "Ah, I'm going to play football. I'm going to play football. I'm going to play football." I recall initially, but I just sounded like um, something that a young boy was saying. And then primary school, played for my primary school, played for my secondary school. Um, 
when I entered university initially, the first two years were just there. I didn't really go to the school team. Then when Nigeria, um, the other 20 World Cup, when Nigeria got the hosting right, the one that should have should have initially come in 1995, I was like, ah, this is a chance. I actually set myself a target that I was going to play in that team. Then I went to join the... So then I started going to... Um, I went to do a trial for the school team. Of course, I made the team. Um, I did study um, electrical and electrical engineering in Israel. But if not for football, I mean, back in the days, in our own generation, where your parents would try and pick um, what you do for you, mm. their preference was, was medicine. And the only reason why I didn't do medicine was back then, just before I entered university, medicine was still seven years, and I thought seven years. Then I would then have all these years to specialize and everything. I mean, sports is a very short career. Football has ended. I'm not, um, I won't play. So, Initially, I just wanted to do economics so that I could do four years and be out of the university. And then <laughs> yes. to, we had to come to an agreement that how can you be so good academically, sciences and all, and you just want to go and study economics in the university. I've done everything, additional mathematics at WAEC and all that. Like, okay, so we settled for engineering. And I started and played with different. I used to play as a um, center forward. Um, quite a number of them would just say baller quarters. You know, because I actually grew up on the university um, campus. So, of course, with my background, it was um, a difficult thing in terms of in those days, you not going to university. If it was today, I wouldn't even bother going for uh, university. I would do it something like online by the side. Of course, um, the 1995 being hold, I did. So there was even no team to, to try and make. Mm. Exactly. So I left IFE, and when I left, I think I spent about four years trying to do football before I finally went to serve in year 2000. So in between those times, um, of course, the Nigerian league is always up and down, up and down, up and down. And I reckon my background as well, where you're looking at how much they pay then, and I'm looking at where I'm coming from, and I'm thinking, you know what, even as I... Even as I'm not working full-time, I'm still making more than um, what these people are paying. So I reckon that was the part where, during those years, I didn't go after the Nigerian um, league and the sport and the Nigerian league as I showed up that maybe would have um, set me on the path to Europe. So I just wanted to go to Europe directly. I spent some time with um, shooting stars, training with them. This was under Zakari. Zakari Baraji. This is what. Yeah, I spent some time with Amao at. um, First Bank. um, Yeah, uh, Satellite Town. Okay, First Bank, yes. It was First Bank. Yes. I spent some time, I've forgotten the name of the coach there at that time. Probably wasn't a well known coach because Niger Doc was already going down there. But I spent um, a few months training with um, Niger Doc on Snake Island. It wasn't funny, I was staying. I was staying at Ovayo, that's very close to Unilag. Mm. And I had to be on Snake Island on the pitch by 7 p.m. I'm sorry, by 7 a.m. Mm. in the morning for training. So even getting from Akoka to get all the way to Tinkan Island, then getting on the barge to take you onto Snake Island. Wait, I mean, wait, wait, wait. Those... You used to get on the barge? Oh, yeah. That was the only way you could get um, to Snake Island. Wow. Good. 
you get to Tinkan, you get on the badge, uh, Keno, whatever, uh, and then... There's a badge that will take you there. Sorry? I said you're correct, but like, it's a badge yes. that will take you yes. to Snake yes. okay. Island. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, because we were footballers, you had to be on that badge at a certain point in time before their workers came and mm-hmm. it became... Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So, I I mean I I did all that, but I, I I think two things that probably maybe not necessarily for a lack of time. I would say two things that probably never made me get into Europe was um, at that time it wasn't as it is now getting visas out out of Nigeria. It is. It, it wasn't as it is now. So of course, getting a visa out of Nigeria was quite difficult so I tried both ends and get a visa go myself to walking to training I was looking at um, France you know because again France is one of the easier places to get into as an immigrant in um, Europe because of um, the French speaking um, African community yeah. I tried that uh, that didn't work then I got um, a gentleman I obviously I would refrain from mentioning names um, a gentleman who was um, an agent. You're laughing because I have told you. <laughs> I got I got a gentleman that was an agent. I would wear. My my eldest brother, my eldest brother, God bless him, actually paid him. I mean, in fairness to my family, they were very very supportive. They actually paid my brother. Actually paid him for the service, and up to today, I would never know if it was true. There was a time when it was like, okay, everything is sorted. Um, but we have to start from Greece. You'll, you'll go to Panionios, showed me the papers and everything. And I went away, you know, thinking, okay, okay, I can start getting ready. Europe, now, Europe here we come. I come. Let's get the visa. And then maybe like a week or so later, I went again to his office and he started with this story. I remember some guy, I can't remember his name now. It was the two of us that were supposedly supposed to go to Greece. And after he gave us that disappointing news that day, we entered the lift and we were going down from his office. This guy talks to me and he mentions the guy's name. He says, ah, bro, has this man ever killed me for Lagos? I cannot see dying again. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I tried. And then, of course, there was the part where, because I was a Christian, mm. which also created a bit of, um, well, don't let me say I was, I, I still am. But we also created a bit of problem when we would meet agents who would look and say, Oh, you've got the you've got the talent to go. But that would be you have to turn back your age and say you are a teenager. And I'd led um, I'd led a fellowship when I was in university and I would ask myself, so all those people that I'd led, how would I do? When people are looking at them and saying there should be nobody on our president be that as you not suddenly now become 16, 15 years old, <laughs> all you people that said, and I said no. I I just couldn't do that. I mean, during that journey, I met um, a man who was a pastor at MFM then, but he had played football in like Division 1 or 2 in Germany. Mm. Pastor Kadi, that was his name, I can't forget. I met him during the journey, and he, he just liked the fact that I refused to cut down my age. So he said, Bola, I will do, I will do all I can to help. By the time it got to like almost four years, and I still have not stopped, and I just thought to myself, you know, if I stabbed all those days, I would have had NYC out of the way. Well, that let me just go and do NYC one year and come back and face my football. But when I was doing NYC, I loved it to get posted to CBN. 
for the only reason that CBN is state eight to four, so I can still go back to train in Akoka. And then, of course, wow. Akoka, I, used to, I used to train with, um, I mean, you know, in Chuk, Alayo. Yes. Akuneto. Akuneto. I used to train with, yes, um, Akoka All-Stars, Akuneto, mm-hmm. Bros Lado, Bros Lado, Bros Lado's brother. Quite, I mean, quite a number of um, people like that who went to um, football. But here we are today, I'm, I'm an engineer in ICT. Just, it just didn't work out. Excellent. But I did my best. I, I, I clearly, did my... you did your best. I can see it. You clearly tried. Um, Bimbo, how, what was it? Was yours football too? Just football mainly, but I did athletics and long jump. Right. Um, I think, I think for me, it started with my dad. Um, was born in UCH, in Ibado. Um, took me You know, it's the interesting thing listening to Muhammad, Dr. IJ, Bola, Wisdom. I could I could relate with their stories because I could pick different things. From uh, from Ibadan, we moved to Lagos, and um, my first experience was witnessing the 1918 Nations Cup. And mind you, believe me, I was sold out with the crowd at the stadium. Started supporting Green Eagles. My dad had all those um, video clips that you will have for previous World Cups. Mm. So, growing up in Lagos, we grew up. I grew up in Antony, Antony Village, yeah. and we had a football field. Uh, interestingly, there was a, the first club I ever played for. It's still the club I use on my fantasy league. I play fantasy league, by the way. Uh, young strikers. The the pitch used to be managed by an official of Lagos State Football Association. So the man just decided to form a football club. And voila, I joined. And interestingly, we were playing in the local league. We had Golden Stars along the line, FCABD. Fortunately for my school, it was a it was a private school by the Catholic. Government later took it over. But we had an excellent uh, football team. Mm. There were stars. I used to tell people when people talk about JJ, I said, You guys never met Okun. And there was another guy called Bombay. Bombay could glide. The only person I could, you know, just think about Kanu. Mm. That was Bombay, Bambaren. He had Kanu's stature and Okun. Well, you know, those were, if you were talking about guys that were going to make it professionally yeah. and you were going to count on your fingers, you will mention Okun, you will mention Bombay, you will mention me. Um, there was another guy called Fidiros. Then there was a guy called Peter Dagbada. Peter later went to play for Shooting Stars, but never went. But you know what? Funny enough, out of all of us, none of us caught it. Peter played in the local league. Mm. There was a certain young man called Sheyi Olofijanov that went all the way to play for Super Eagles. We were in that same school together. Right. It for me was the same thing where uh, Bola mentioned. I was playing in the local league and um, my parents were in support provided I was doing well academically. So I made sure that my grades were good. So we were meant to go for an invitational tournament in South Africa. And they told my parents they had to cut my age. And that was a no-no. My parents said never. (laughs) And I begged, I pleaded, you know, 
and eventually I was dropped because my parents insisted. It was a, it was one of the biggest disappointments. Will I have done it? You know, all I wanted to do then was to go for the tournament. I didn't know the implication as a kid. Mm. You know, to to I just wanted to go, and I was you know as I grew older. I understood what my parents stood for and they said, look, as Christians, you don't do that. We're not going to change your age. So I kept on going, played the principal cup. I remembered we had a, we defeated Babs Academy. It was on head of in those times because Babs and Babs Academy, St. Simbas and Bobby were the leading team. So you could just see an Ejebotia team coming from Maryland Comprehensive defeating uh, Babs Academy. Mm-hmm. I continued and along the line, I had to make a choice. My parents had told me I was looking for opportunity. My dad apparently schooled in England, so dad helped. I was looking at the opportunity of maybe running out and you know checking out. It was easier with him, mm. but you know they came back and said no. You know, in those days it was academics, so they said, "Look, this is your football. Put it back by the side." There were no notable names that they had seen that had made you know a career out of football. They just saw it as something else. Yeah. At that time, yeah. at that time. So it was difficult for you to see a role model and everything. So mm. guess what? I had to drop it and um, face school. But along the line, interestingly, First Bank of Nigeria had their camp and what they call hostel mm. in Antony Village. They were headed by Kashima Ulaluku. Okay. That was when I met the likes of Fancy, Wulu, Michael Yemechara, oh, Fatai, you met, you met those, those people. I used I used to go with them to the I used to go to them to play and uh, to watch them and support at the stadium. Their camp was just two streets away, so the interest was still there. And you know, Kashima will come to the field, will look at us, and you know. But along the line, I just knew that um, <laughs> I could not go. So I faced the education life. Then guess what? Sometime in the nineties, my mom moved to the US. And I just got a call from her. And she said, Bimbo, you used to play that your football. We know you used to be very good. And I was wondering where all this was coming from. Guess what? Our youngest, our youngest sister's son had gotten five scholarships from five different colleges. Wow. And because of sport. So my mom got exposed to the value of sport. Mm. But at that time, I was, was done late. with it. It was too late. I started asking myself that, okay, I went ahead and um, I, I started helping out coaching a under 10, under 15 team. I do some investment around that. Initially, at the point, my son was playing football and it got up to a point I found out that I had to tell myself the honest truth. It was as if I was trying to live out my life mm, through him. Mm, 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 mm. So I had to, as a good parent, to tell myself that, look, don't rush this boy. He, I got him the kids. He was in academy. I would drive, take him there. We were even thinking of changing school, taking him abroad. Until along the line, he just told me that, look, daddy, you're putting too much pressure on me. And I had to tell myself, without discussing with anybody, so I allowed him so that I don't leave because I found out that I was trying to live my own dream to him. Yeah. So so I ended up uh, going to school. I work in the oil and gas. Uh, my experience is in finance and chartered accountant. But I still live my dreams. I remembered one of the dreams I had was to go to a World Cup. Even though I wanted to go as a player, it never happened <laughs> watching Maradona in 1986. But uh, you know what? I fulfilled that childhood dream by going to the World Cup in South Africa. 
mm. uh, in 2020. And ever since then, I've been to every World Cup. Um, I support the greatest team in the world, Arsenal, uh, over 32 years. Okay. And you know what? When I look back, when I look back, when I look back, the dream of, of playing professional sport did not happen. But you know, there are other things. And I don't regret the education. No. You know, there's something I wanted to point out. Mm. There's something I wanted to point out. I, I mentioned a, a friend. You will not believe at over 45, he was reaching out to me that I should help him talk to Sheyi, uh, if Sheyi could help him come to England. And, and I was asking myself, at what age? Mm. Cool, he was not a football, local league, he got injured, did not, you know, didn't get treated properly and everything. So I look back and I said, that could have been me if I'd, you know, not gone to school, have an alternative plan, what people call plan B. Mm. But you know what? Nobody likes Sheyi or Lofijano. I, I use him as an example to a lot of the young guys that I train, I play. I said education is important. If Sheyi did not have his education, going back to school and everything, he wouldn't be where he is today. Mm. From Wolves as the pathway manager, he's the director of football at Grasshopper. Uh, the last time I read. So, yes. um, hey. listen, Rimo, thank you. I'm going to the next person is um, Akuli Yusuf. And before I bring him on, I probably is it's probably pertinent for me to um, say this before I bring him on because I his brother, his brother used to be a teammate of mine. See, for me, for me, there's been nothing, and I still say it to people. I still say it to young people. There is nothing on this on the face of this earth. I say this everywhere. There's nothing on the face of this earth that compares to the feeling you have when you're playing football. Nothing even comes close. It's nothing. And I'm sure uh, it's probably the same feeling that athletes get when they hit the track and that's track and field people. And same feeling that basket basketball players get when they when they're on court. And Dr. IG can can tell me otherwise if they, if that's possible. It's it's a it's an it's an impossible feeling to describe. I for as long as I for as long as I can remember, I wanted to be a footballer. I just wanted to play football. I wanted to play for Rangers. After Rangers, I wanted to play for Green Eagles. I just wanted to play football. All this school that they were asking me to go to was Ashiju. I just I, I my parents would not have it, but I was able to play. Um, I, I remember my father saying something to me in secondary school. He said, once you enter university, I would let you free. Once you enter university, then go ahead and go and do whatever you want. But with what I know now, by the time you finish secondary school, your path to football is gone. It's done. To become a career, to make a career out of it, that path is short by the time you, you enter university. Because you're going to enter university late teens or max at the age of 20 by that time it's all it's all gone but that's that's a part i just keep that part of my story clearly what was it i think yours was not football if i remember correctly yeah good afternoon everyone it wasn't football but of course um of course you know my my dear Ebon Lale Ayeni who everybody called Aruso to you people uh, so <laughs> Yeah. Larry was um, so good. Um, Larry could exactly. play football. He was, 
God. It was one of those things that you see play football and you would think that Super Eagles would have the best player in the world named name from Nigeria one day. We grew up with them playing football ahead of us, of course. So, of course, all of us wanted to play football like they did. Um, aside from that, our house, our hood wasn't far from Liberty Stadium. Mm. Um, when football was happening in Liberty Stadium, we would hear the noise from our house. Um, and so, sometimes we would, um, despite the warnings from our parents, you must not go out. We would find our way to Liberty Stadium to go and stand outside and listen to the noise from the inside. That was yes. the effect football had on all of us. So uh, we had our uh, local league. So all of us grew up wanting to play football. And then Chek Modegba, me and Muda Shulawal, and that 1977 happened to us. And the um, majority of us just wanted to be in Chek Modegba, me wanted, wanted to wear number seven jersey. And if you ask anybody, what would you want to be when you grow up? Some even didn't remember to say I wanted to be a footballer. All they just wanted to say, I want to be like Sheikh Mondegba. <laughs> I was a bit different because Mudashu Lawal was I and I are namesake. I'm also a Mudashu, so I always think that I wanted to be a Mudashu Lawal. And everybody looked at me like I was strange. So that's the background. I always knew I wanted to be somewhere in sports. So I went to a federal government college, federal government college, and that was where my my thoughts about sports and football changed a little bit. And um, we had a Pakistani games master, Mr. Qureshi. And um, Wednesday afternoons were Sankotan days for sports. Everybody, male, female, senior, junior, you cannot do anything else between 3 o'clock and 6 o'clock Wednesdays every week. Mm. You can't do anything else. It was compulsory. So if you can't do any sports, go and join a group and be clapping for those who are doing it. So we would go to the football field and um, they put us in categories, the seniors, the intermediates and the juniors. And there was always this feeling that you're not good enough to play. Even though I knew I could, I was a reserved person, so to say. I always felt I wasn't good enough to play. So when we play football for about five, ten minutes, and they say they rotate the people playing, I will sneak out, I will go and join the volleyball people. And of course, um, my size as a secondary school student, I was probably like a, I wasn't even up to five feet. I never knew I could grow up to become a sister like this. So, but then, because I was in a junior junior class, they would put me on for the fun of it. Then, I think it was in my form SS1, yes. We were the first set of SSC in Nigeria. So, I think it was my SS1. Um, of course, Mr. Kureshi had left for Pakistan then. We had a store, a sports store that was full with kids for everything. Mm. And that day, um, sports was happening as usual. We kept the Wednesday thing going and then every sport was out there and then went to the sports store we're going to pick I think sport boots football boots or so then we got there we saw the hockey sticks were hanging in still in their bags looking shiny and all of that and I said to a friend one of my class I said look if we can't get a space on the football team look at the hockey sticks look at all those things there the, the, all those things are there we can play that and form a team out of this school don't can't we 
and that's how my journey into hockey started, field hockey. Wow. And then, you know, the way it was in school, people would say to us that we were hooligans, that of all sports, you guys would choose a sport that has instruments. You know, what they used to use hockey sticks for in my school then was when we were going to play in town because they treated us like outcasts in town, you know, mm. would carry the hockey sticks as, um, as weapons to fight. Mm. So that's what we used to think it was meant for. So, but when we said, okay, let's do this, funny enough, we raised a team of, um, of about 15 of us at first attempt. Mm. And then we got our master, then Mr. Kola, who said, look, oh God, we will have to teach us how to do this thing. We must make a team out of this. So the first year we struggled, we were just here and there, not there. We go to read up, we go to the school library, we go to, um, um, funny enough, Mr. Kolaole had a few videos of hockey hockey games. Wow. So he would come together, we would watch um, the VHS thing, we would watch, mm. and then he said to us that, look, um, because of the tendency to get injured, this and this, it's at least so. We kept on feeling no competition, nothing, but it just kept us at so that we won't lose strength. Gradually, we, I think we grew to a team of about 30 people, 30 students. By the time we were in our SS3, I think first time SS3, he then said, look, for the fun of it, let's just participate in, in the state um, championships, then, or your state, then. So went to Shobo to play the zonal competition. Mm. And that was our first time, my first time in a competition. And um, we we didn't win. One other school beat us. But we left back, going back to Shobo, so that they feeling like we were on top of the world, you know. Mm. And so um, so when I got to the university, of course, football came back again. Uh, we play in the faculty, we play all those things. I always, always ended up in football. But I, by then, I had made up my mind that football was just going to be recreational. Even then, people would say, this guy, go and play football. Now, go and play football. Now. I would say, no, I'm not playing. But so, back to the hockey story. So, I think the first 1992 Nougat Games. In the yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Um, no, I think 1990 was the first one. We didn't qualify anyway. Okay. Um, I think it was UI that the zonal finals. Mm-hmm. And it, it held in the lorry itself. One thing that we had going for us then, then Quarastes used to be the home of sports in in Nigeria, so so to say, the Lorry Township Stadium. All you needed to do was have sports where to wear. You don't even need any kit, any sports at all. Just go there and choose one. The government then had coaches at all sports pitches available. All you just need to just appear and join the team, basketball. So would leave school. If you've been to University of London before, you know how far it is to town. Yes, the main so campus. That, yes, the main campus. We need that place to come to stadium in the afternoons. You know, sometimes we skip lessons. I was studying engineering, of course, so we just say she needs mathematics and physics, no problem. So, so we would go to go and play. So that kept me in the in the um, in the know of what of of of, of the game. You know, um, our coach then, SMP, we used to call it SMP, Salt and Pepper. Even till now, I can't even remember his real names. You know, so he helped to build my confidence in playing the game. And then when the zonal finals came for 1990 Nuga Games, I was, um, of course, I was still in, I was, I think I was in 200 levels then, or yeah, that should be 200 levels. 
and I made it. In my made the it was I was so surprising for me that when they called the list, you know, you had many people sitting down after many months of training, mm. and then the coach calling a list, and I wasn't even the last to be called. I was somewhere in the middle to be called. So even me, I was surprised that. Hey, so is it that I'm now this good? So wait. But of course, why came from Ibadan and the Peters even on our own top to wait, qualify wait. for? Wait, wait. Yeah, just like um, Doc Ivy. What you're saying to me is that really the sport like that you 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 really played was hockey. Just as Dr. Yeah. IJ's real sport that she played was basketball. How then yeah. how then did you how is it that you every almost everything you sport that you discuss on um, on on Twitter is football. Do you think that this, this this question probably goes to everybody on this in this meeting. Do you think that um, football has a terrible, terribly stronghold on uh, every Nigerian growing up? I, I I tell you, it is conditioning. It is our condition in Nigeria that the first is conditioning. Then you know how easy it is to play football. Going up, we will form a small with paper. Those you send the same to put it all together. We have a football. Hockey, you need the stake, you need the the goalkeeper keeping it alone is out of this world, you know. Mm. So, um, so, so for me, and then because my Liberty Stadium experience yeah. it was less than a kilometer from my house, I could see it from a distance, you know. So, the conditioning was just there that football was always the first thing. Even till tomorrow, today, I can speak the history of Nigerian football at least since 1977, and I would hardly be wrong, right. you know. So, so giving, uh, so, so, uh, so giving all of me. Okay, go on, Dr. Yeah. IJ. Go on, IJ. So, for me, like, even though I was saying my parents were kind of pushing me to go into my academics, my father was a football fanatic. I have never seen anybody like I'll tell you if Nigeria is playing now and we're getting beat he cannot watch the game he will go inside and be shaking like one kind jellyfish just to avoid that attack he will just go inside je, 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 je. and our commentaries or our screams and shouts will be his commentary that's how you know whether it's time to come out or you should just continue sleeping and we had like tapes of like um, what was that in USSR Yes. 89 or something yeah, and Nigeria down we have so just imagine having to watch have all those experiences of watching those kind of winning performances mm. and again it's on television mm. it's football that gets sh- um, um, shown football made in Germany that was like the first you know exposure to football outside our shores they used to have it on DBN or NT or something like no, for that your, for, so, your generation, for your generation doc. yeah we had we, we, <laughs> we had others long before that. We had yeah. Road to Wembley. Ex- we had Brazilian ex- soccer. <laughs> exactly. So we, we had, had and, and Calvin. Yeah. And Calvin. The interesting, Hello? The interesting thing was that. Hello? Yes, we can hear you. Hello? Which one we can hear you? Um, I, wanted to, I wanted to comment on what the other guy said. Everybody playing football. Yes. Go on. In secondary school. I played hockey. I love hockey. Hockey is a very interesting sport. I played hockey. I played handball. I played badminton. I played table tennis. I'm good at all this sport I mentioned. 
the only difference is that we don't have a sport we don't have a good um, sporting there's no good sporting support in Nigeria no good sporting system either although football is my national talent but I was good in many other sports I think I'm just a sport person maybe because both my parents are sport people mm. but mm. Mm. I can understand why So I always wonder, for, for me, I always wonder something. People that love hockey, that love basketball, they don't have enough support because it seems every Nigerian side plays football. Mm. Then when we talk about women, it's complicated because as a girl side, I like sports. It's complicated because you can't even get enough teams, enough teammates to play with. If you want to play football, you're probably only three ladies. If you want to play basketball, you're probably only two or one or three. If you want to play... Yeah. So, Yeah, people, even the ones that like it, they don't bother coming because it's only guys you see there. And for one or two reasons, you don't want to go and go to a male-dominated area. So there's less, the support is not there, support system is not there. So why for some of us, we are lucky that, okay, football is the major sport. We don't want the parental support for it. Or there's no sporting system. I forgot to mention the fact that even in law school, I played football. I was supposed to be reading my book. Mommy. I got to... <laughs> I got to NYC, I played football, I captained my platoon. They took me from NYC and put me in KB's NYC team from camp. Wow. Because they selected me. Yeah. So, so that, at least that I have my own footballing. Every year I've gone, every year I've played football, I've excelled in football. I've got too many goals that I can count. So it's just, see, I don't know, it's complicated. You see, um, moment, and this question probably goes to everybody. Um, the... Do you, Bimbo, Bimbo's rounded up by saying that he doesn't regret not having um, not having um, the football career that he thought he would uh, wish he had because of what he has done in education at the moment and what education did for him. Mohamed, do you, do you... If, no, if, Emeka, let me balance, Emeka, let me balance that. It's yes. not that I don't have regret. What I meant is that... Um, I'm, I'm data-driven in my field, and I look at it that if I had insisted, maybe mm. I watch matches, and I said, I can imagine the feeling. Even the first World Cup, going to the World Cup, I saw Nigeria and South Africa, and I could tell myself, just imagine me playing. There's, you, can't, you can't explain that feeling, you being a sportsman, being on the field. You cannot. But what I was going back to is that You could, for every person that, you know, didn't turn out well, you mm. could have just been yeah, like, easy. the data there doesn't support yet. Yeah. Look at the number of kids that are in the academy today. Mm. How many of them will make a career out of that sport in football? It's less than 1%. Yeah, that's true. So, Mohamed... Uh, Where I say that hello? is balance. Hello? Mohamed, go ahead, Mohamed. Yes, yes, I can hear you. Yes, I, I can hear you. Hello? Yes. Hello, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. Who? Yes, we can. We can hear Who you. Who is talking about? Mohamed. Okay. Okay, um, with my own case, um, I, there's definitely going to be regret for sure because um, I felt like at some point I always felt like there's a possibility in that path that I could possibly become a professional footballer. But I, I knew that the difficulty in getting into professional football was very, very difficult, especially 
growing up in Nigeria at the time, mm. I knew this, this dream was probably not going to be possible, you know. But because I later on, when I was in around 19, when I finally left Nigeria, I thought, okay, this is another big opportunity. Even if it's for me to play in the UAE League, that dream came back again, you know, because I saw another opportunity. Yeah. So, but definitely there's regret for sure. And even in divisional talk sometimes, like, you know, I came here last year to Austria mm. and I was 28. I knew I was too old, but the first thing I was trying to do was trying to find a local club where, where I can train with, you know, just, I always thought, oh, there might be something. Someone, somebody might offer, scout my CV, offer me a contract, even though I'm at this age, you know. But I know the dream is dead now, for sure. But I'm kind of happy with my, because I'm here for my master's as well, I'm uh, in civil engineering, so I'm contented with my state at the moment, but I always have that regret at the back of my mind. Really? Um, yeah. Bola, yeah. if, if um, how do I put it, I don't even know which one is more difficult. At that time, to go to get football career abroad or now, with, with this... Um, um, with so many football academies and with so many parents now wheeling their children to go down this route, I, I, I don't know which one is more. I don't even know which one is more difficult. What do you, what do you think, Bola? Well, if you ask me, I would say it actually was way more difficult than, um, like being born alluded to. Yes, um, the data says very few actually make it and i'll come back to that because that's something that actually would like to say for the younger folks especially the ones who are still young enough to pursue um a sports career mm. so um i i think it it was way more difficult then than it is now it's just that obviously you are fighting against a million and one people, um, person and you're trying to be that shining diamond in a haystack that you're just hoping someone will see. But the reason why I said them, I wanted to mention that was, um, so finishing secondary school, I had what you say was um, a stellar result. And then I entered university and university was just a case of let me just be done with it so I could well, I can start playing football. So I really didn't put um, any energy into my books. Mm. And then in my Part three, I became a committed Christian. And then I realized that, okay, you know what? Even this education, it doesn't look good. You know, if you're saying, um, come to Jesus, come to Jesus. And the main thing I'm supposed to be doing in school is your academics and you're not excelling at it. So as I started to buckle up, and then I also started to look for the opportunity to get a scholarship finish my education on a scholarship and America was a place that I looked to. Mm. And I went, I mean, I used to come to Lagos, come to the USIS, Chan, went through all those things. I actually did SAT, DTOFU, and then I wrote to a few schools. And then one of the schools that responded was um, UCLA. And at that time, wow. this guy that actually, say UCLA. He actually, yeah, he actually became the US men's national team and coach. He was their coach at that time, Shige Schmidt. He actually did coach um, the United States um, national team later. Mm. So the 
sent me some prospectus and part of it was uh, um, the NCAA prospectus for uh, yeah. prospective um, yes. athletes. Yes. The first page, first page, and it was very instructive to me, the first page just dealt with the data around sportsmen. And it went something like, in what we call primary school, maybe like 50 million people want to play in the NBA. When they get to junior high, that 50 million costs to like 10 million. Mm-hmm. When they get to high school, that 10 million costs to like, just like a million people who are playing for the high school. Mm-hmm. When they get to college, that 1 million costs to like 10,000. And that 10,000 at the end of college costs to like 500 or less in the NBA. And so even though it was an NCAA prospectus, what they said was an education is everything. Get education. And you know, when I look back and I look at how it turned out, every time I speak to young people and I tell them, I say, look, I'm the sort of person who will support anything you want to do because I wanted to do it at a time where it wasn't the norm and I got all the support that I needed. But remember that in anything that you do, the only thing that no one can take away from you is knowledge that is in your head. Mm. A football career can true, end. True. A football career can end one day through injury. You can be singing. You can have an you can have an accident that takes away your voice. It can be anything. The only thing no one can take away is knowledge that is in your head. So as long as your mental faculties are in place, you can always make a living. So I always encourage young people. I say, get an education, no matter what you do. But to your question again. Um, the other question that I asked before this one, that's the only regret that I have. Every time I watch football, I'm like, ah, we say, this one, when they put the body, they chop money for football. Ah, that's... <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, um, Kule, do you... Sorry. Okay, go on, go on, go on, Doc. Go on, go on, Doc. Sorry, I remember this story because a lot of people have been talking about how they would not compromise on on their ages to try and get a leg up, you know, we're trying to pursue this sports thing. Mm. And I think I shared this story on so on on that maybe Godwin Enahina's um tweet. He tweeted a picture of an under fifteen or something competition of like two really young boys on one side and then one other obviously not under fifteen person. And so I remember this story. We were in QC at the time, Queen's College. Mm. That's where I went for myself. And we were invited. It was mobile track and field um, period, and we were invited to um, compete in some um, competitions or some sports or games. What I don't know what to call it now. I'm confused. In the under twenty category, so we're registered for different things. Like I did long jump and did four by four. So got like the quartet. We got to the track. Uh Ah. If you see the people that we're competing against on that twenty, <laughs> all of them were like my mother's mates. We were just looking at her and said, what's going on here? So she said this on that twenty. Uh, the mistress that came with us was just like, we were here, we're already reg- registered, let's just run. And I was the anchor, so I was waiting. First leg started. They were going, going, going. Obviously, we were dead last. So by the time I got the button, the other, all the other teams, they were almost finishing the race. So, <laughs> only me waiting on the line to get the baton. Everybody was just laughing, right? In the but I, I saw the comedic part of, of the situation. And I had a decision to make. I was like, should I run this race or should I just 
say I'm not running again. In my mind, like, let me finish the race based on spirit of sportsmanship. So I got my passes, and then I was wrong. I, I decided to really give it a good go, maybe get a good time on the clock. And I ran and ran. And when I was getting towards the finish, I started like twirling my basket because it was only me. Everybody had <laughs> above my head. Everybody was now hailing me. I, I, it was it was a ridiculous experience that I never forget. But that's that's what our sports. We know we know these things that happen in terms of age discrepancies and everything. Cool. Yeah. As I was saying, what I wanted to ask you at the time because this is a. Doc Ig's story. I was trying to picture her waiting there for her battle, and all the other women have gone past her while she's still waiting for her battle. It's it's that picture is not is the most comical thing I can think of at the moment. But we're very we've always been very loose with how we see age in Nigerian sports. Clearly, the question I want to I want to ask you is: um, Do you you played hockey for your school? Right, but would you have? Would you, if Nigeria had a um, hockey profession, if we had a hockey professional league, is that something that you think you would have liked to have gone? Honestly, when I was even in, up to when I left university, mm. I I didn't have a I didn't have any long term plan. I was just like, okay, so. Now this is that the days of my youth. Mm. Let me do everything and anything I can do. Honestly, if we had one, mm. it would never. Have, it would have been one of the most important things in my life. You know what I mean? Ordinarily, staying on the TV. You know, in those days when grasshopper, you know them. Yeah, they hand, so remember they, them. They handball team. Yeah. The if we go to one a.m. to watch them. You know why it was like to even watch any sportsman on TV at all. If it was so, it was always I was always looking to that time when people will sit down in their homes or in a stadium to also watch me. You know, so uh, it, it, it was painful that, um, of course, um, going to school overtook a lot of a lot of things. I eventually ended up playing hockey competitively. At Nuga Games in BUK in 1997. Imagine for it took me seven years, mm. or rather maybe seven years, to finally get to the main Nuga itself. Mm. By then, I was now in UI. I was studying my masters, so I joined the um, the UI team and I played. So if after, let's assume after then that there have been a league, a professional league, mm. I was so certain that I would have been a part of that league. And I probably would have excelled locally. Maybe then I might have then gone ahead to play it professionally somewhere else. But there were so many limiting factors yes. aside from. I'm just thinking about, about it. So many. From you guys who played football had it very good. Very there were so many. Comp- I agree there with you. League, there was the there was the league. There was the um, the people who went to other West African countries. Yes. There was Europe, yep. and there were world competitions to go to. There were many. Mm. But for other sports, how many sports? How, apart from until maybe like 10, 15 years ago, how many, in our time, those mm. times when we were in our age, teenagers and twenties, mm. how many sports had a World Cup apart from football? You know, so. 
So, and then, you know the funny thing about, like I said, about football always being the first thing. Mm. So, after all of this, and then I uh, guess where my my sporting career ended, I was playing set. Set. That's why I broke a leg. And then I said, okay, so, so <laughs> it was actually very funny what happened, you know. We were playing set. And then when it happened, I didn't even know that anything was broken and I was just, and then, and I said to myself, okay, so I can't do sports anymore actively. Okay, let me go and be an offic- official. I tried to join the Nigerian Referee Association. Really? And this age thing was what made me sign off at first try. I went to, you know, their office used to be at um, 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 Onubadon Stadium in Ibadan, yes. Nigeria Referee Association, was the yes. chapter. And this Saturday morning, dressed up, looking good, I went there and I said, my name is Kule Yusuf. I have done this, I have done that. And I want to be a member of their session. After reading all the stuff to me, all the things I needed to do, meeting these, trainings, all that, all that. And the mom asked me how old I was. And I said my age. And I said, ah, that's me. Ah. And guess what? Well, you, you still need to cut your age back a little bit. And like everybody said, I just stood up. After everything else he said, I couldn't remember anything he said after that. I stood up and I went to my and I never went back. And oh, people would look at me from, see me today and we ask me, I have a friend. Every time we meet now, he says, I was looking forward to seeing you officiate at the World Cup. You know, so, so in every way there were challenges as a sports person, even at officiating level, they asked me to cut my age. And I wish I remember the man's name. I wish I remember the man's name. It is so, it is so, so, so out there that all of us in this place now have had an experience with cut your age, you know, one way or the other. But to have not been able to play the sport was not, was much, not more about the talent. It was much more about what was available. Yeah. You see, that's why I listen to um, Wisdom um, list his, all the stuff he did. I listen to Mohammed and his passion of having wanted to play the game. Doc IJ without her photo of where she was going. Come on! And Bola's story, Mbimbo's story, the passion is always there. And I must, there must be, there must be millions of people who have um, these this kind of um, um, stories and who have always exhibited this this passion for for me. Um, I played for my primary school. I played for my secondary school. I played for Unilag, and by the time I was playing for, by the time I was playing for Unilag, my I, I always tell people the best year of my life to this day is 1991. 1991. <laughs> I was so I hot. said the same thing too. I was so hot as a footballer. I was so hot. There was nothing I couldn't do. There was nothing I couldn't do on the pitch. I was playing for I was playing for Unilag. And then we went to the World University Games in um, in Sheffield in 91. My target at the time was Cairo 91 um, All African Games. I was so certain I was going to my plan was I was hoping that I would help Unilag win the 1991 Pepsi Cola Championship, and then I will go to 
the Super uh, Flying Eagles camp and make the team to that year's All African Games. In fact, I used to I used to tell my girlfriend at the time that I believe that I'll be the first player to play for uh, Flying Eagles without playing for a football club. That I, that's my target and all of that and all that. And then boom, my shoulder started popping. Um, Pepsi Cola pulled out of um, um, pulled out of sponsoring the tournament and everything just went boom down from there so yes it's been it's been, it's been brilliant listening to all of you do I have any regret I think my injuries never has not allowed me to have a regret because when that injury started when the recurring injury started I the only regret I have is that I was not in a country where I could get medical assistance and have it sorted and I could continue playing but once that happened that's it. I was my career was done. I went to I remember going to see a doctor and doctor told me stories and told me straight away that dude, unless you have an operation, this is going to keep happening. And one of the most painful things on the face of this earth is having shoulder dislocation. When it happens, you think you're going to die. But that, that was that was um, how mine just ended um from there. So um on that note, on that go on doc. And I think that's one of the reasons why you can't just put all your eggs in the sports mm-hmm. basket. That's, that's Even professionals we have today, for those of them who haven't made investments in in other things or diversified to other businesses, the minute something happens, like let's say someone like Louis Saha, we've heard his stories. He had obviously had issues with his personal life and stuff, but when injuries came and the checks stopped coming, they start having, they start struggling financially. So you can't really put all your eggs in that basket because no one can tell, you know, the body is still the body, you know, made up of bones and, and, and the like. So anything like that. I also, I, I decided I was going to take like coaching, refing, um, not coaching, refing badges or whatever, the course they do for basketball. So I'll start with the table refereeing, so that's my that's my next goal now. I don't know if I can get fit to be a center ref while start with table refing. See, you know that bit about um, what happens when you're injured and all of that. Wisdom, I'll come I'll come back to you shortly. Bear with me. One of the one of the most difficult things, and I I read it from footballers when they're injured. One of the most difficult things on the face of this earth is being injured. It's a, it, it fries your brain. It fries you mentally. <clears throat> you know that you can't do this thing and you're injured. So it, it leads to it leads to a lot of bad, bad, bad decisions. I seriously when it's I hear I, I lonely place with depression. Yes, it leads to depression. It leads to really dreadful um bad decisions. So I, I think sometimes I'm sure when I when I was reading about Louis Saha, I knew where he was where he was at. When you when you don't have people around you at the time, especially if if you're if you don't have good people around you, you will not be able to get through go through that the psychological scars of being injured and not being able to do what you love what you love doing. Wisdom, come in, come back in. <coughs> about this stuff. For me, it's not really about the money. Football, not playing football is my biggest life regret. Nothing really? will come close. Really? Nothing can ever come close. You get 
Actually, when people talk about heartbreak and all those things, nothing can really move me like not playing professional football. It's like, it's my biggest, my biggest regret in life ever. Wow. And if you only, now when it comes to the monetary aspect, it's not really about the money. I want to play in the stadium. I want to get injured. I want to fight on the pitch. I want to play in front of fans. It's joy. It's not really about when I said I wanted to play football, I didn't even know anything about professional football. It was just something I liked doing. Mm. I didn't even know that there was anything called football club. I just enjoyed playing football with friends. And I told my parents that I wanted to play football. That that's all I wanted to do. I didn't even know anything about club. I just knew about national team and all that. Also. Then for Mr. Harkis, I don't know, I think... I think uh, more local it. There really no support system for most of these people because they come from poverty and illiteracy. You know, I come from a family. Yeah, I can think. You know, people talk about the visitors giving their mother money and then their mother will take it and eat it. I come from a home. Yeah, from the time I, from my childhood days, if I give my mother my money, I can collect it anytime. She doesn't touch it. So, I come from a family. Yeah. I can never pay my salary to my mother's account, to my brother's account. Nobody will touch it. Mm. You get. I just think it depends on the family people come from. These people don't really have a strong support system. Uh, they probably don't want Ronaldo did. His brother is agent. His father handles the finance. His mother handles something. It's a family business. And I think that actually makes sense to me. But when you are trying to do everything, the same thing happened with a boy. He allowed his wife to manage everything. And the moment his career ended, he realized the wife was pocketing everything legally. It's just, it's a complicated thing. It is. Then, Ubo Academy, you mentioned something about if it was easier now or then. For me, for people that have, um, that have natural talent and play football on the street, it is different than if you go to an academy to go and learn football. Now, many people are playing football because there's money. You get there's money, you know, so I like go and play fun. People like it, there's money, you make money. And that is why you see footballers with like, um, they will just sit down on bench for one year. I told somebody something. I can't play on bench. It has never been, even in school, if I'm not starting, I'm not coming to pitch. I can't, I don't know how to do it. You can't put me, what am I on bench? Who is playing? I want to know who is playing. What am I on bench? <laughs> I don't want to happen. So I told somebody something. I would rather be in Everton's first team than Real Madrid banks. Oh. I'm not interested in the drop. I want to play. Mm. Yeah. I want to play. Can keep your trophy. I want to play. Playing is more important to me. Yes, I know. I don't know. Probably I know that. Probably going to a big club and started because I don't know who wants to play ahead of me. So, <laughs> it's just me. I, I listen, um, ladies and gentlemen. It's been it's been fantastic talking to you guys. Um, very quickly, one minute each. Anybody wants to round up? Bola, I'll start with you. Um, I'd just like to say thank you uh, for having me on the show. And I like the fact that you gave me the opportunity, especially to share a life story and obviously advise younger people who might be looking to have a career in sports. And one thing I'd like to stress again is whatever you do, get an education with it. Mm. Mohamed um, yeah, um, thank you for having me as well um, I'm 
I've become a bit more enlightened about a lot of things I've heard today. Um, it's very, very interesting to listen to all the stories so far, and I, I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. Kule? Um, as always, you and a big bros now. Thank you so much for, for having me on this. And um, it, the, it's just a part of the story that's been in bottom of my uh, stomach, literally, uh, right for, for way back. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to spit out a little part of it. And um, I see that I, was, I am not the only one who's had this experience in Nigerian sports. It's also comforting that um, I have soulmates in in this journey about sports and where we are today. Um, so basically, that's just it. I've learned quite a number of new things as well. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so very much. Bimbo. Jimmy, on the show. No, just babe, your final words. Why is this still on mute? And Yes, we do. I don't think you know. Thank you very much for this story. Very nice hearing from other people. And I hope you do this more. Maybe during football with or something. Let's discuss football. Alright, thank you, Wisdom. Bimbo, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. So I said it's important that we all learn. Um, it's important that we share the knowledge. Education is not just about going to school, but sharing these experiences. Mm. Um, Bola shared the data of NCTA. When I saw the one on Premiership, I, 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 I was in shock. So for me, getting all these kind of podcasts, I plan to share with a lot of young people. But I also believe that passion, you must, with passion, you must have wisdom. And that wisdom is what gets you going. I'm in a group with a lot of ex-Nigerian international, and some of them, I weep. You know, these are people that earn good money, and you ask yourself, what happened? So you need that education. There's life after after the sport. So you need to be able to balance things so that people don't go into depression or have mental health. But excellent show once again, and thank you, everybody. Thank you. Doc IJ, bring us home. Yes, um, always, always a pleasure to be on this um, forum. It's been great to share and listen to other people's experiences. Sports has been like my bread and butter from when I was in kindergarten, um, participating in sack races and the like, to, you know, doing more structured athletics, to competing. You know, the, the feeling, like you say, you always talk about like the feeling you get, like when Cristiano got that like 80th minute, um, what turned out to be the winner yesterday that kind of feeling you get from, from winning a game in the last second through sports it's, it's something that it, it can keep you going for a long it long can. long time it can so, it can opportunity to share this with everybody thank you thank you I, I there's this there's a photo I saw the other day one of these days I saw a photo of um, I don't know how that camera positioned it, the cameraman positioned himself and there was um um, Joseph Yobo and Onazi coming out of the tunnel in Brazil before World Cup match Nigeria versus um, Argentina. And I remember looking at mm. that photo and I was thinking to myself, what was going that through? Was in Porto, that was in Porto Alegre. Yes. I was thinking, what was going through the minds of these 
young men as they were coming out of this tunnel wearing green white green and that, that, that feeling is impossible for anybody to understand it if you've never experienced it because I, I know yep. how I know how I used to feel wearing the new like jersey coming out of tunnel at when we were playing in Ilorin or when we played in Abelkuta but just imagine that and times it by 100 and you are the World Cup you're representing Nigeria I've had many ex-Nigerian internationals on this pod and I always ask them that what is that feeling you get when you're representing Nigeria and more than ten, five of them said to me that they cried I didn't know when they were crying during the national anthem <laughs> they were crying only sport Wait, to um, you participating in invitation relays from my school. We travel, sometimes we travel from QC to Osho State, FGC, Petumodu, different schools. We have to go like on long journeys and when we're coming back in the bus, we're singing because most of the time we used to come first mm. in the invitation and then we'll be singing on the bus and we're like heroes in the school. All the girls are outside looking at us like they're back, they're back. Everybody knows who you are on, on school um, ground. So I think we don't, we've not gotten the feeling in terms of at the na- national level, which is obviously times two million percent. Yeah. But we, I think we understand a bit of what it is. That's it. It's a sport is a totally different thing completely. Listen, I thank you all of you. I thank you for your contribution, and I it, it's it's been my privilege listening to your stories, and I hope our our listeners. Um, also feel the same way listening to this and they can feel free to get in touch and I can have as many of them as want to share their stories with us on acsports.com's Your Sports Memo Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, God bless you and thank you. Listeners, till I come your way next time, peace. Yeah.